Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Come on, there's something special about moms, right? Your mom's always going to be your mom, no matter what. <laughs> Praise God. You know, Mother's Day is a day that we celebrate mothers, amen? You know, there's been an attack uh, of motherhood. Families, really, have just been under attack for many years. They have been. You know, and for moms, man, moms get it from every direction. You know, there's even, even, even Christian moms, you're trying to do good, but there's this progressive movement, you know, that can make a mom just feel guilty, you know, for, for not having these career aspirations and everything outside the home. But, you know, even, even then, there's, there's the conservative movement that can make a mom feel guilty for doesn't spend every waking moment at home with their kids, you know? You get it from every, every direction. But let me tell you this. It really doesn't matter to the devil which parenting style is right or wrong. What matters to the devil is that there's strife and confusion and division and anxiety. That's because that's, that's the fingerprints of his work, amen? See, because families are under attack. See, one of the things, one of the things I know for sure, um, one of the signs of the end times that's very clear in the scriptures, you know, I don't know if the Antichrist is going to be from Europe somewhere or whatever. I don't know if the, the mark of the beast is going to be some kind of microchip or something. I, I, I don't know. I mean, last thing I heard about it, the microchips are already obsolete technology-wise. It'll be something totally different, you know? So I, I don't know what's going on with all of that stuff, but I do know this from the scriptures that one of the signs in the end times is that there will be division and rebellion in families. Wow. Division. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, first two verses. It says this, Understand this, in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self. Come on, lovers, I know people like that, right? Lovers of money. Come on, you can't even be like a, a, an entertainer today without being lover of self, lover of money, and proud, Right? Lovers of money, proud, arrogant, and then look, disobedient to their parents. Wow. What? Right there, list, disobedient to their parents. And then it goes on and on and on and lists a bunch of horrible things that people are doing in the end times. But look at that, disobedient to their parents, right there, sign of the end times. Jesus in Mark chapter 13, he gave also a, a list of things that will happen in the end times. Mark 13 and verse 12, 12. And brother will deliver brother to death. And the father, his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. <laughs> That's pretty serious, isn't it? Wow. Well, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I thought I'd start off with a really good Mother's Day message <laughs> about parents putting their children to death. <laughs> no, no, come on. What, what's going on? This is going to, inc- the thing is, this is going to increase. This is only going to increase as the end draws near. And the point is this. We have got to stay together. We've got to stick together. We've got to strengthen families. We've got to encourage one another. And we've got to fight for our families. Amen? Amen. You know, we're all in different places in our lives. We all have different things going on. And we've got to be careful not to pass judgment on people because you don't like the way that they, you think they're raising their kids. Right? We've got to be very careful not to pass judgment because, you know, there's different parenting styles and you don't know the whole story. You know, you don't know why people have had to make the decisions that they've made to get to where they are. Right? 
And the other thing is, I promise you that that parenting style that you're so convinced is the right way to go today, in a few years, it's going to be taboo. <laughs> it's going to be the way they used to do it. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just, just how it works, man. They'll be talk- your kids will be talking about you. Like, my, parent, my mom did it this way, but I'm, I'm not going to do those same things. Of course, then she's going to do those same things because that's also how it works. Because <laughs> we all become our parents at some point. But see, we can see in the scriptures that uh, God gives children to mothers and God gives mothers to children. Think about in the Bible, think about Hannah and Sarah and Rachel, women who could not have children, who cried out to God and God saw them in their distress and he heard their prayers and he blessed them with children. It's a beautiful thing. Even remember when Jesus raised the widow's son? Listen to this. Jesus, he, was, he drew near to the gate of the town. And behold, the man who had died was being carried out. He was the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. And then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearer stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man set up. And it doesn't say it in here, but the bears dropped the coffin and ran. No, because <laughs> that's what you would do. <laughs> no, anyway, the man set up, began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. This was an adult man who died. And Jesus raised him up, not because he had compassion on the dead man, but because he had compassion on who? The mother. Jesus had compassion on the mother. And that's why this man got to live some more years. Come on, mothers are special. Mothers are so special. You know, our obligations to our parents don't come to an end just because we turn 18 and move out and get a car and get independent and go off to school. They don't. This man was, this man was a man. He was an adult man. And it says that Jesus gave him to his mother. Come on, we're here for our parents. It's right to honor your mother. Amen? Children... God gives children to mothers because children are a blessing from the Lord. The Bible says they are truly a gift from God. Amen? So he gives children to mothers, but also God gives mothers to children. God gives mothers to children. Why does he do that? Because he wants us to understand something about his love and compassion through the love and compassion of a mother. He wants us to understand something about his nature and character by understanding how we really... See, he, he never leaves himself without a witness in the world. The Bible says that you can even know something about God by looking at nature. Doesn't mean it's perfect. Doesn't mean it's a perfect revelation or understanding. And maybe your mother didn't show you that kind of love that, that you know, other mothers have or, or you think your mother should have. But still, in a mother's love, there's a witness about God. Look at Isaiah 66, 13. He's telling, God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah to Israel. And he says, as one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you. See, God wants to comfort us in the way that you can receive comfort from a mom. A lot of people do have good experiences remembering how their mom wiped their tears. They could call their mom whenever there was stress or difficulty, right? Well, praise God. Well, God wants to be that to you. God wants to be there for you in that way. But it's a place to, listen, it's a place to start to begin to understand his love because his love goes even farther than a mother's love. 
Look at this verse, Isaiah 49, 15. It says, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, God says, yet I will not forget you. Come on, praise God. Praise God. Even the strongest love that you've seen of a mother toward her child in your experience, man, even they can forget, but God will not forget you. Beautiful, isn't it? There's something we can learn about the love of God through the love of a mother. It's good to know that God, even if a mother fails you, even if your mother failed you, God won't fail you. It's kind of like, it's kind of like marriage, you know? Marriage takes a lot of grace, <laughs> a lot, come on, married people, a lot of grace and a lot of effort to get it right, does it not? But you know, there is a witness of God in marriage, in biblical marriage. See, because as the wife relates to the husband in marriage, this is my first marriage seminar I've ever taught. <laughs> On Mother's Day. No, I'm going to leave it for Pastor Randy when he comes. But as a wife relates to her husband in marriage, there's that, that, that is a model of the relationship between Jesus and the Father. And as a husband gives himself to his wife in marriage, that's, a, relation, that's a, a model of how Jesus has given his life for you and me, for the church, for his body. So there's something to be learned. When we model these things properly, we are, we are bringing a revelation of the heart and love and character and nature of God into our surroundings. Amen? See, but the culture seeks to undermine marriage or to remake it into something it's not. But there's a witness of God in marriage. And even though it's really difficult sometimes to get it right, because <laughs> I know I've known people with rough marriages and gone from marriage to marriage to marriage. It's not always perfect. It's not. But it's worth fighting for. Because when we get it right, there is a witness of God. And there's a witness of God in mothering. And come on, it's worth celebrating, right? Big smiles, Mother's Day. Let's celebrate mothers. See, but here's the thing. We celebrate the ideal, right? We talk about mothering, motherhood. We celebrate this ideal, you know? That Proverbs 31 woman, you know, who has superhuman strength. Come on. <laughs> you know, I didn't, even, I didn't even want to quote Proverbs 31 today. Because <laughs> so many people have tried to live up to that. And it's like, man, that is a tough order to fill. She seems like she's like from some other planet or something. But we celebrate that ideal. And as parents, we strive for that ideal. Amen? But as children, come on, we celebrate the effort. We celebrate the effort. Let's not hold everybody. Let's not hold our parents. Let's not hold our mothers to the ideals that we can't even live up to ourselves. Amen? Let's celebrate the effort. Hebrews 12.10, this is an amazing scripture. It's, it's talking about fathers, but it applies to mothers too. It says, our earthly fathers have disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. As it seemed best to them. And I want to tell you, that is a scary thought. Think about it. The rule for raising children is do what seems best to you. <laughs> Come on, where's the rule books? Where's the owner's manual? Come on, I need the right curriculum. I need a checklist, evaluations, proficiency tests, something to let me know I'm doing this right. But that's not how it works. The scary reality is this, that our parents just did what seemed best to them. And the secret is that's just how we all do it. That's what we've got, what seemed best. There's so much advice out there and so many voices out there. Man, you pray, you do your best. And you do what seems best to you. <laughs> like I said, that's a terrifying thought, but that's how it works. But 
<laughs> that's what we're doing. <laughs> but see, mom and dads, they have so much to give to their children. They really do. You know, the uh, look at this Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. This is a, one of the themes and secondary theme in the book of Proverbs. It says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and listen, forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not really into garland and pendants. <laughs> what it's saying, the idea here is your parents' teaching is something valuable. It's something you, you know, they were into garlands and pendants back then. They could wear it like jewelry and they could wear it and it would be, you know, as a gift from their parents, they would wear it. And, and the teaching and the things that we've received from our parents and our mothers is, is valuable. It really is. It's something to be valued. Look at Proverbs chapter six, starting at verse 20. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Here we go again. Forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. And when you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk to you. Come on, as parents, we have got a responsibility to be passing on godly wisdom to our children. Right? I want these words right here to be true about me teaching my kids. I want them to be able to take my words, bind them on their heart, carry them with them, let them speak to them when they wake up, and I want those words to be true wisdom from God. So as parents, we've got this responsibility to speak for God, to speak for God into our children's lives. And as children, we've also got a responsibility to what? To hear and to remember and to value these words. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. All Come on, all relationships go both ways. All relationships are two-way. There's no such thing as a real relationship that's one-sided. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will talk with you. Man, I pray my words are that powerful for my kids. And since it's Mother's Day, I pray my wife's words are that important <laughs> and that good <laughs> to my kids. <laughs> Amen. But we've got a responsibility to honor our parents and honor their words and honor the values that they were passing on to us. You know, times are changing so quickly. You know, isn't Daniel, I think it talks about the, uh, uh, how knowledge will increase again before the end. We're, we're seeing times where knowledge is just increasing at an unprecedented rate. Things are moving so quickly. But I want to tell you what God wants, or what, what the devil wants to do against God. The devil wants to erase any knowledge of God that remains on the earth. He wants to wipe out the memory. You know, when a king would, uh, kings would war and they would go and somebody else would usurp the throne, they would go and wipe out all witness of the, of the opposing king, their family, their royalty, right? Because they didn't want anybody coming up and having a claim on the throne. And the Satan wants, to, I'm telling you, he wants to wipe out every last hint of a memory of anything godly or good on this earth. That's why he's just pushing so hard in the direction that we're going as a culture. He wants to cut out any memory of God. He wants to destroy any witness of God in our world. And that's exactly why he attacks moms and dads and children. Yes. So yeah, it's a war. I hate to tell you, but we're in a war. It's a war. Just having sane, <laughs> I've said this before. When you get saved, when you cry out to God, it's an act of war. 
Why? Because you're taking ground from the devil. When you get healed, it's an act of war. Because why? Because Satan messed things up. Jesus came to fix them. When we step over into light and into the things that God has for us, it's an act of war. And when we have strong families, I'm telling you, it's an act of war. It feels like you're on the defense because you're trying to defend your kids and teach them and not let them see everything that's out there online and in the world. But I'm telling you, it is an act of war. That is an accurate portrayal of it. Because Satan is trying to wipe out any hint that God ever was. And he's got answers for everything. He's stacking up. Well, you came from a monkey and it's evolution. And those feelings of holiness in you, that's just some kind of antiquated religion of guilt that's passed on from your parents. Well, thank God. We need something passed on from our parents because that's going to be the, the, the remnant of knowing God. And we need to preserve that. Not guilt, but God. Right? Amen. So as moms and dads, we can, re- we can pass on this knowledge of God to our kids. We can pass on the fear of God, the knowledge of God to our children. How? By training them up in the way they should go. You know the verse, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old... He will not depart from it. Train them up. It doesn't just happen. Training involves what? Intention. Think about it. Intention. The little video with the guy teaching his son from the time he was little could just first sketch. I thought that was great. Rin Kim had a couple picked out when I saw that one. I'm like, that's the one I'm playing. <laughs> I was glad we found one that wasn't too cheesy. You know, it's hard. <laughs> But come on, it was intention. He worked with his son. I mean, he didn't become an athlete, I mean, in a fictional story, by just, you know, doing nothing. There was intention, right? He trained him to get to that place in life. And we have training to do for our kids. Moms, you've got trainings, and dads too. It takes intention. And as children, we can honor our mothers and fathers. To honor your parents means to prize them or to place value upon them. To honor your parents means to not give into the culture that devalues mom and dads. And it's for all of us to do, not just children. You know, Jesus in Matthew chapter 15 and the parallels, he was correcting the Jewish leadership because they had become very good at giving God lip service, saying all the right things but not doing what he commanded them to do. And it says here in Matthew chapter 15, verse 4, Jesus says, For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles his father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. That's a scary thought right there. The power that's in this word. I mean, this is the word of God. The power that's in this word can become of no effect in our lives because of our traditions that we place above it. The word of God is like a seed. You know, you can have a seed. I remember a story one time. They they found a hundred-year-old tomato seeds (laughs) that had passed through a person, and they were in an outhouse. And they were dried and they were stuck to the side of the latrine or whatever for a hundred years. And they found those seeds and they planted them and they grew tomatoes that they had not had for, for the longest time because they, you know, with the breeding and stuff, they didn't have, they were, from what I understand, they were wonderful tomatoes that they had not been able to get for a long time. 
Because why? A seed will lie dormant. A seed will lie dormant until it's planted. And then when it's planted, it grows and produces fruit. That seed hung there for a hundred years. This book is a seed. These words will lust on the shelf, man. They'll just lie dormant. They're just words. But if you'll take these and you put them in your heart and you water it by the Holy Spirit, it'll produce the fruit in your life that Jesus wants us to have. It's a seed. How do I get off on that? Oh, yeah, because you made the word of God in no effect because of your tradition. You're not letting that word hit your heart. You're not letting it penetrate. It's being stolen from you before it can ever take root and sprout and grow. But, man, there's good things that God wants to grow in our lives. Amen? And Jesus also, he's speaking to grown men here when he tells them to honor their parents because these men had a, a wealth. They had the ability to honor their parents with their possessions. Think about that. Like I said, our responsibility to our parents, to honor them and love them and pray for them. I know things are different in our culture, the way we do retirement and different things. You know, it's not going to look like it did in Jesus' time where they had more extended families and those kinds of things. But we still need to have a heart of gratitude and honor toward our parents. Amen? We still need to be doing our part. And, you know, even like my mom has passed, you know, even, even though I can't honor her with anything, <laughs> You know, I can still honor her in my heart. I can still value the things that she taught me. Amen. And go back and look for the good. And it's okay, man. It's okay to forget the bad. It's past. Remember the good, forget the bad. Amen. I, um, I found this online. This, the man who wrote this was um, Barton Goldsmith. He's a professional counselor and author. Um, I don't know that he's a Christian, but uh, he wrote this top 10 reasons why mom are important. moms are important. I just thought you'd like to hear this on Mother's Day. Number one, why, you're, why moms are important. If it weren't for your mom, you wouldn't be breathing right now. <laughs> if nothing else, you should thank her for that. <laughs> Amen. Come on. So we should start with something we all agree on, right? Okay. Number two, mothers are the emotional backbones of the family. They provide the holding place for everyone's feelings, and they do their best to keep us from being hurt. And they do, and they do. And, you know, if you didn't grow up with your mom, you know, maybe think about the mother figure that God put in your life, somebody who you could go to and somebody you can, uh, when you're having problems and you need to just vent, you know what I mean? <laughs> Praise God. So be grateful for that and be grateful for that mother that God put in your life, even if it wasn't your biological mother. Number three, uh, who would kiss your boo-boos and make it all better if she weren't around, right? Mothers have the magic touch and kiss to help us heal our wounds, physical and emotional. And I've witnessed that. I don't know how she does it, but a kiss can make everything better. It just does. Number four, truly our mothers worked hard to make sacrifices so our lives would be better. There are not a, not a lot of people willing to do that, so let her know you appreciate it. Number five, mothers are forgiving, so forgive her in return. Perhaps nothing will be as valuable as a gift to both of you as forgiveness. Open your heart and drop your resentments. That's love. Six, number six. When you want to climb the tallest mountain, your mother will make lunch for you. <laughs> She's the one who will support your dreams when no one else will, and she'll also remind you to wear clean underwear. Her boundaries made you a better person. You may not have liked some of her decisions, especially when you wanted to party with your friends, but she did keep you out of trouble. Look at some of your friends without a mom who has cared that much. Number eight, 
A mother's ears and eyes hear and see everything. My mom used to say, I've got eyes on the back of my head, and I would try to look for them. I don't know how she did it. Of course, now that I'm a father, I do know how. I do know how. I've got my kids convinced I've got eyes on the back of my head now. But her eyes, her ears and eyes see and hear everything. They also have a computer-like memory for all the good and some of the bad that came your way. It's nice to have someone with whom you can reminisce about your whole life. Number nine, mom taught you to be a functioning adult. That was her job. And without that, making it through the modern world would be very hard. Your mom may have forced you to do your homework, but now you see how important it was. <laughs> and finally, number 10, a mother's smile when it's directed toward you makes your day a whole lot better. All she needs to know is that she has helped you to be and feel your best. So say thank you to your mom. But as important as moms are, there is something that's even more important. And good moms everywhere will agree with this. And that's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is more important. In Matthew 19, Jesus said, Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. You may find comfort in knowing that even Jesus had to choose between following his family and his mother and following God. Did you know that? So one day while Jesus was teaching, there was a crowd of people and his family came to, to, to get him, to rescue him, to pull him out of there. I think they thought he had just kind of lost it. <laughs> Been, he's, Jesus is off the rails. Let's go get him. <laughs> so Jesus' mother and brothers come and they can't get in the house. They're standing outside. And they send word to him. And you can read it in Mark chapter 3, starting at verse 31. His mothers and brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mothers and brothers are outside seeking you. And then he answered them, Who are my mothers and my brothers? Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around at those who sat around him, who were listening to his words, he said, Here are my mothers and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. See, the work of God takes priority over natural relationships. But you've got to remember this too. It wasn't very long later, while Jesus was on the cross, that he looked down and who did he see? He saw his mother. And he saw the disciple John. And with concern for his earthly mother, he said to her, woman, Behold your son. And he said to John, uh, Behold your mother. And it says, From that hour the disciple took, disciple took her into his own home. The concern that he had for his mother. He, here he's doing God's work, man, taking on the sin of the world. The ultimate one-time, one-off, one once-for-all sacrifice, carrying all this upon himself. And who's he concerned about? Taking care of his mother. Come on, love your mother. I mean, he was fighting with her earlier, <laughs> but here he's taking care of her, making sure she's okay. We have a responsibility to our moms, amen? You know, maybe your relationship with your parents has been rocky. I know that's just the reality in the world today. You know, maybe it was their fault too. Maybe they were horrible. <laughs> maybe it was your fault. Maybe you were horrible. <laughs> maybe it's a combination of the boat, you know? Usually things are a combination, but you know, life is too short. 
And life is too precious to carry unforgiveness and hurt around. Just don't do that. Don't waste your life being hurt and having unforgiveness about a family member. Amen? Children, forgive your mother. Moms, be reconciled to your children. If you've made mistakes, apologize. See, don't give the devil an entrance into your life through a bad relationship with your parents. I'll say that again. Don't give Satan access into your life through a bad relationship with your parents. Nobody is perfect. And your parents have never claimed to be perfect. Why? Because parents are just doing what seemed best to them at the time. You only know what you know. You only have the cards you've been dealt. You're doing what you can. It's all they had. You know, bringing up children is probably the single most important job in the world today. And nobody is ready for it. Nobody is ready for it. And our culture is not helping. It's not. It's continually working against families to tear them apart. If you feel, if you're here and you feel like you've been rejected by your mother, I'm just telling you, it's time to forgive. It's time to forgive and move on. How can I say that? How can I be so bold to say, you need to do it and you need to do it today? Here's why. I know what God will do in your life when you walk in forgiveness. Psalm 27, verse 8, it says, You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, Lord, your face do I seek. Verse 10, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Come on, when you're there from this place, when the Lord takes you in, you have the strength to be reconciled to your parents. You have the, the ability to do this because, man, you'll find, you'll find that love, that comfort, that nurturing that you need in God. Amen? Will it be perfect? No, nobody's perfect, but it'll be right. It's the right thing to do, and you'll be free, and God will be in it. Come on, God will be in it. You'll close the door to the devil working in your life and working in your emotions. You know, you know it talks about uh, that person could just press my buttons, right? They know what buttons to press. This takes away the button. Take, you rip that button out and throw it away. Don't let the devil have access to those buttons anymore. Amen? Come on, we celebrate moms. We celebrate moms. Let's honor moms on this Mother's Day. Amen? Can we do that? Tell you what I want to do just for the next few minutes. I know, you know, I know, um, I know this wasn't just the, the fluffy, oh, we love moms and everybody go out to eat kind of thing, but I know there's real hurt. And I'm going to get the band to go ahead and come up and get ready just to play a song. And I know there's real hurt. And you know what? If, if that's not something you've experienced, if you've had a good relationship with your mom and your family, and man, praise the Lord. That is awesome. That is awesome. Unfortunately, that's not the case for, for everybody. Even good Christian families have hurts that they carry from their families. And I'm just saying, it's time to forgive it. Walk forward, let it go, close that door to Satan, and just go on with God. Amen? Amen? Praise God.